Hi, welcome to the Dreamcatchers. We are sisters and business partners, Marissa Klein K and Jamie Klein Stozer. We know a little something about dreaming big. In our day jobs, we run the fashion and media division of our family staffing firm in New York City, Choice Associates. We have built a brand around helping others and good energy. Known in our personal and professional worlds as lightworkers, igniters, and most of all believers, Jamie and I are not only dreamers, but we are doers, and we hope our energy is contagious. On this podcast, we will be chatting to each other and to some of our favorite dream catchers, the people who inspire us not only about career, but about making magic wherever they go. On What's Your Story, we will focus on real people with killer jobs and talk about how they got where they are today. Thanks for joining us. Subscribe now and follow us on social media at Dreamcatchers23 for updates and episodes. Well, welcome back to the Dreamcatchers. We are so excited to be here today with um, three wonderful women who Marissa admittedly has been courting or if whether or not they know it in her brain, we have this Excel sheet of all the people we want to have on our podcast or bring onto a panel or invite to an event. And our brains work in very mysterious ways, as I'm sure everybody can agree as a creative on this call. Um and, you know, we just had this epiphany as the we started the year again and really ramping up our podcasting again. And we had this conversation about bringing some of you all here today to discuss your businesses and why you do what you do um, with us and our audience. Um, and we're just thrilled to have all three of you here today. And we're going to we're going to have you all introduce yourself in just a second. But today's um, today's theme is, you know, what's the word, which is one of our pillars of our podcast. And today's word is indulge. And we're going to talk about what it means to indulge, I think right now, especially um, after the last few years that we've had, even after the last couple of days that we've all had and the weeks that we have lived through as humans, um, what it means to indulge and how do we still do that? How do we as business owners allow our customers to do that um, and encourage our customers to do that? and stay authentic and all of the things that make, you know, what all three of you that, you know, I follow religiously um, do so well. So wanted to just welcome you here today to the Dreamcatchers. Thanks for spending the, you know, next hour with us. Marissa, did you have anything else that you wanted to add to that today before yeah. we have our guests introduce yes, themselves? Yes, I'm, I'm really excited. These are very talented women, beautiful inside and out. Also their product matches that. Um, I'm humbled to have them. And also a couple or several are, are, are mammoth based. So shout out for our roots. And then we, we've, we've flown a virtual New Yorker in, um, to, to be well-rounded. Um, so my theme, my theme, hey, she's for, on our side of the track. She's a Jersey I know girl. She is. Um, <laughs> my theme for 2022 is chasing joy. Mm. Um, and it's not easy to do. Um, it's been very challenging for all of us. Um, no matter what vantage point you are on to be present, being present has been hard for all of us prior to a pandemic, but now with the pandemic, I think it's behind us. I think they're telling us it's behind us. Um, so relatively behind us, you know, getting back to, you know, not just self-care, but championing, championing things that are supposed to be fun and feeling good without guilt 
and and spoiling ourselves in whatever that definition could be. So, you know, I think there was a long time there where we didn't feel comfortable um, taking care of ourselves. And what's the definition of taking care? Like, what is it that makes you happy? You know, I think for a long time, we were sitting there talking about tequila and wine and yoga in our basement. And we all guiltily put things in our shopping cart and then fell asleep at night, wondering when we were ever going to wear them again. And there is something to be said about life and joy and vitality and beauty and art and feeling good about oneself. So the women we have on here today showcase that, bring that to life, help their clients and customers feel those things. And not for nothing, it's important. So I wanted to talk about it because if we don't indulge or we don't feel joy or we don't chase joy, what's the point? So anyway, starting from, I'm looking straight at Christina. So in the, in the, in the Brady box, in the Brady bunch squares, <laughs> I will let Christina introduce herself first. Great. Hi, ladies. Thank you for having me. This is wonderful. Um, shout out to my other friend. Hi, from Monmouth County and my New Yorker. I'm a native New Yorker, too. Um, recently moved to Monmouth County full time. We were living here on weekends and then COVID changed that. But um, here we are and we love it. And I met you lovely ladies in town. So happy to be connected with really authentic and creative people, because I'm noticing that there's definitely a, like a lot of really interesting people coming into town and um, it's really great to connect with you. Uh, I'm a jewelry designer, I'm a mother, I'm a wife. Um, I started my business over 20 years ago while I was a student at Parsons School of Design. I started designing pieces. Um, I was studying apparel and somehow I fell into these accessories. I, would, I wanted to make things I could wear instantly. And I met Patricia Field, who was the customer of Sex in the City. And she invited me over for coffee. She wanted me to show her the line. So I you know, gathered some things that I had um, from school and showed her some pieces. And she was like, I love this. I'm gonna put it on Sarah Jessica. And like, I was, I was a kid, my head was exploding. Um, and I knew right then and there that like my life was changing overnight. I was like, I need to this, I need to take this seriously. This is gonna become a business. My pieces are gonna be featured on like, what was then becoming like, a very very hot show, um, and just like that, like just, that, yeah, and just like that, and just like that, a hot this, show. This was the original, right? So, and, and I didn't know what to do with it. This is pre uh, Instagram, social media. This was like I had to talk to my friends. I had to get it out there, grassroots. So um, I pulled a collection together and I walked it to Bendel's, and I was like, "This is going to be on Sex in the City." And they were like, "We'll take it." And like I started a business right then, right then and there, and. Um, was really interesting. And I, I did that for several years and I was a one woman show and I was right out of school. So I didn't know much about business. I knew how to create things. I knew how to put things together and I knew how to, to talk to people and get it out there. Um, I knew how to sell it. I knew how to deliver it, but I didn't, I just was, I didn't know like how to scale a business, you know? So then I went to go work for other businesses for the last 15 years in corporate designing for, you know, 
designers that didn't have jewelry or accessories. And then it came to the pandemic for me to be stuck in my home with my husband. I was consulting with a brand out in California and he was like, just stop, just stop doing this and do it for yourself. And so we launched, we rebranded and relaunched um, the line that you see now on ChristinaCrusoe.com uh, during fashion week of uh, 2021. It was virtual, you know, because we're still living through a pandemic. Um, now seeing the end of it, thank God. And it's been very well received. So thank you so much for bringing light to, you know, small business who are local, who are trying to really um, bring really beautiful, elevated product to the masses. And here we are. I love it. I love it. And we're going to dig a little bit, unpack some of that story that you so gracefully um, paraphrased in a moment, because one of the things that you know, the Dreamcatchers is all about and what our listeners really like to hear about is how you got to where you are, right? So we all, you know, know these brands or they may have heard of some of this stuff, you know, as they're listening or they, you know, think it's so cool that you were on Sex and the City, but how do you actually get from point A to point B or somebody like Jessica, who I see next, who I'm going to ask to introduce herself. I know a little bit of her story. She's been on a panel with us once before. Um, but in in terms of this conversation, I think it'll be really interesting because that panel was about being kind of just a Monmouth County made mom, if you will. And yes, that is very much a part of who Jessica is and who her partner is and who we are, but really, you know, how she got to this point, similar storyline ish to Christina. Um, so I'd love to hear from Jessica too, because I think next I should say, because I think that's so much of what our listeners want to hear is, is how you got to point from point A to point B and how do you actually have that aha moment? Like, how do you go from, you know, COVID for you, Christine, obviously was that push. And a lot of people I think had a push. Marissa yeah. and I had a push during COVID. Um, I think everyone had some sort of something during COVID, a, a silver lining they can kind of look back on. Um, but Jessica, tell us a little bit about you, how you got to what you're doing now. Introduce uh, yourself to everybody. Sure. Hi, everyone. Um, I'm Jessica Malibi, and I am one of the co-founders of Mod39, my, my lifelong friend and partner, Adrian uh, Fabozzi, who unfortunately couldn't be with us today, uh, too. But, um, you know, my background, it was always in corporate, uh, the corporate world. And I launched my retail career in right out of college with Neiman Marcus, uh, spent two years in their buying office in Dallas and realized that I was homesick for the East Coast. So I came back and I landed at Saks Fifth Avenue. And that's really just like where my career flourished. I was there for 14 years, grew up in the merchant organization from an assistant buyer to being a designer sportswear buyer for European brands for six years, and then a divisional uh, vice president over American brands um, for the last three years I was with the company. And, you know, I couldn't imagine my life without Saks. I mean, I, I went to every store across the country. I loved engaging with the customers um, at various different events and being on the selling floor with them, hearing what they, you know, wanted, what they were, you know, and analyzing my business to really understand what drove it and um, how I could really, you know, link the pro right product to the right person at the right place. And I really, you know, deep down, loved every aspect about it. Um, but I think that there, after a lot of years there, there was a little something inside of me that was like, maybe we need some change here. And I think that the push for that for me came when the company was sold in 2014. And it kind of was just a sign that 
a lot of things were changing. And so maybe I needed to make the change for myself. So I left Saks and I went to uh, rent the runway as the company was uh, turning about five years old. Uh, so they were under tremendous growth. And I came in a new newly created position um, as the director of buying to manage a growing buying team and also really growing product lines, because this is when they first started making the transition from just party dresses to the full and evolving into the full subscription model with the lifestyle component. So I led the buying team there for about two years um, as we uh, launched the subscription model and um, really got an understanding of the startup life. Um, but at the same time, I had my second daughter and I realized that startup life <laughs> and being a mom didn't necessarily really work very well together at that stage of my life. Um, so I made the difficult decision to step back um, from that role. And I then worked for a couple of uh, British luxury brands um, running their U.S. wholesale. But in those roles, I missed uh, connecting with the end consumer and, you know, really having that satisfaction of kind of seeing the product through, you know, end up in those right hands. And so then, um, I stepped back again. It was kind of like we trying to figure out when the world, you know, came, the pandemic came over all of us and it same as Christina, for me, it became that moment of like, if not now, when, and it just seemed like the right moment. Um, Adrian and I, who have been friends since high school, um, she was also available at that point. And I said, this is a chance for us to build something ourselves. And that's when we uh, came up with the concept and launched Mod 39. And it's really aimed to be an e-commerce and social platform of, you know, great style finds for the modern woman. Because my personal sense and what I've seen change over the years is there used to be the day that we could go to the mall and, you know, spend all day walking around from store to store shopping and having lunch with our girlfriends. And that that's changed, you know, e-commerce has changed all of that. Uh, the industry has changed. And what I really found is my own personal frustration is that you, know, you could follow these super bloggers, but by the time you click through all their links and you land at the product page, it's sold out. <laughs> and because they blasted it to, you know, you know, 3 million people. And so we really, we launched Mod 39 to be our curated selection of great style vines with at great value um, that fit into the modern woman's lifestyle. And so we have uh, new items that drop every week on our website. And, you know, we really, we're really enjoying the opportunity to, to engage with our customers, you know, through our social platform. I love that. And by the way, I think this is a great way to insert myself here. <laughs> Yesterday for the first time, and I'm a North Jersey girl by, you know, born and raised. And I spent the day yesterday at Garden State Plaza, which is my mall, because I went for Dave's grandmother's 90th to Capitol Grill at Garden State Plaza. And I walked around the mall for a while afterward. And I have to say, first of all, it was packed. So good news for retail. Yes. Um, and I couldn't get over actually how packed. But I literally said to Dave, I'm not a huge fashion forward person versus more of the fashion person, more of the shopper. Um, and that's why, you know, companies like Jessica's or Rent the Runway for this, for that matter, actually is great for me. I'm a huge proponent of Rent the Runway because for me, it's like, just tell me what I can buy and give it to me four items at a time and all the things like just present to me because I don't have time or the patience to look through. But when I'm walking around yesterday, I'm like, you literally could spend an entire week at Garden State Plaza and not figure out, like, unless you go in there with an actual mission, like I need a dress for X and that's what you're there for. 
it's so overwhelming now and there's so much, right? And it's like something like what Jessica and, and Adrian are doing and is just so amazing for that modern woman, that busy mom, for me specifically, I'm like, show me what's cool and I'll buy it from you because I can't figure it out after like, and Marissa, for example, loves that, loves the find, loves the search. But like, I think it's so interesting because she and I both can agree that these types of up up and coming brands and e-commerce platforms and social media, you know, um, sites, if you will, are just helpful because I'm, I just don't have the time. No, who is the time? I couldn't get over the mall yesterday. I could not get over the mall yesterday. I'm like, what's happening and then i was obviously fixating for like well i'm glad to hear that because last weekend i was in um in tyson's corner virginia and i couldn't get over how packed that mall was so i take it as a good sign um, it was and by the way i also was spending entirely too much time fixating on like what used to be where i'm like this wasn't the gap what was the gap and then i'm like trying to walk around remembering like what was in each place in like 1998 but like literally um, that's all we did that's all we did yeah, that's what you did you walked around the mall yeah. Just like it wasn't, just like it wasn't Paris, right, Delphine? <laughs> <laughs> so next is Delphine. Delphine, tell us about yourself. And um, I, I love Delphine's story. I happen to, we happen to know Delphine personally through um, Tootsie, who's our mm-hmm. yoga dance, you know, guru, as most everybody actually probably knows at this point. Um, but Delphine, tell us about yourself. And obviously, you know, you have a really interesting story as to how you got to where you are and what you do. Um, but go ahead and introduce yourself. Sure. So my name is um, Delphine Leymarie, but here I say Delphine Leymarie. <laughs> it's actually the name of my brand as well. Um, I'm the dreamer in chief for um, my namesake brand of fine jewelry. And I do not come from the world of fine jewelry at all. This is something that I landed into after quite a convoluted um, career um, about 10 years ago. So um, this is, uh, it's been a dream of mine that I kind of reached uh, without knowing all those years that I was looking for it. So I grew up in France, in the south of France on the beach, thinking I was going to be a ballerina. Uh, (laughs) Well, no. Um, And I didn't really know what to do when that dream, for many reasons, kind of fell out the window. I always dance and I will, I still do. Uh, Jamie and I have danced together not so long ago. And um, I went to business school because in France, it's sort of what opens up all the doors when you're not really sure. Um, And apart from dance, I wasn't particularly creative or I didn't think I was. And I went to business school and because my dad's an engineer, I was always good at math. It was not something I was um, allowed to fail in. I was actually raised to use all the parts of my brain. Um, that was kind of something that in our home was important. So just to be a well-rounded, you know, I took Latin and math and all, things that were just seemingly weird, but have always um, helped me along the way. So um, I ended up in business school, ended up uh, specializing in accounting and finance, <laughs> of all things, um, and then moved to New York City about 26 years ago now to do an MBA in finance. And I did that. And along the way, um, two years in, I decided I didn't want to leave. I wanted to work a little bit, um, stay a little bit longer in New York. I loved the energy of it. Broadway was there. And, you know, there was lots of friends from all over the world, creative types, non-creative types. It was very stimulating. I thought uh, there was something in the energy that was gave you the feeling that you could do and be anything. And um, I actually followed a friend I used to work with on my very first job who was for a TV production company, but I was their controller. And she took me to 92nd Street Y to take a metalsmithing class of all places. We both lived up East side. 
I was within walking distance and I got hooked. Uh, I had no idea how you made jewelry. Given the designs that I wanted to make, they sent me to um, a wax carving class and I was fighting them saying, no, no, I want to make jewelry and metal. And I had no idea that you could cast, you know, there was methods, different methods to work. And, but once I found that medium, this was it, you know, I credit the director of the program who's still there, uh, Jonathan, for like sending me into the right, what I needed to, I didn't know I needed it. Um, and it took a little bit longer after that for me to realize, you know, three more jobs in the corporate world and creative agencies. Um, but it was very successful, but my soul was slowly dying. Uh, it just wasn't me. I was traveling all the time, was making very good money, um, but I wasn't that happy. Uh, and so I decided to try something radically different. Um, and that was joy. I mean, I'd, I'd been making it for quite some time. People were buying it, you know, friends and families and um, was well aware, though, from my financial background that that was not enough to, per se, do a business um, and have a successful career in it. But I figured I would try and for a while, I did a little bit of both. I did some consulting while I uh, launched a line and then um, then went full steam ahead, speed ahead. Now that's all I do. It's been a while already. Um, wow. You know, I have to say, you guys, Marissa, I'm very proud of us. I just have to say, I'm just going to toot our horns for a second. So one of the things that Marissa and I do without realizing we're doing it is we curate. Marissa probably realizes it more than me, but we're putting people together Sometimes it's by accident. And usually when we're having these conversations during the conversation, we all of a sudden have this aha moment of like, this is the most perfect marriage of people to have together. Um, only because for a lot of reasons, but one of the things that we preach to our audience and to our, you know, in our coaching business, and when we're talking to small businesses, trying to help them staff their business or to job seekers is, you know, one of the things that I think most people actually struggle with is how do you land your dream job? Like, what is a dream job? And that's so much of the dream catchers and why we created our brand is talking about dream jobs. And one of the things that I've kind of coined in the last couple of years is if you can't find your dream job, how do you find the dream in the job, right? So like if you're in, for example, for Delphine, a finance job, and she's just like, all right, I'm not finding the dream in the job. I'm going to actually go after my dream job. And that moment, that aha moment, that light bulb moment of a crossroads of deciding, am I going to just try to find joy and chase joy within my day job? Or am I going to actually take the bandaid off and do this as my dream job? And this is such an interesting panel to me because all three of you, which is rare, chase the dream job and are doing it. And it's just so inspiring. And hopefully that's, you know, I think that's why we do what we do. Marissa and I always say that, you know, for people to hear your story, it can be done. For one reason or another, you know, Delphine, as uh, a young woman in New York City, I went to all those classes. Marissa and I made like yarn earrings once. Like imagine you actually went to then do that. You know what I mean? You fall in love with it and you like chase it and you figure it out and you create the dream job. So how amazing that all three of you for one reason or another and with, you know, a push from one reason or another for Jess, it was prior to COVID. For Christina, it was COVID. And for Delphine, it was just her soul was not in what she was doing. And all three of you chased the dream job and landed the dream job and did it. How awesome is that? So I just you don't even realize that you're transitioning into that, you know, dream job, because, you know, I think one of the best pieces of advice my mom ever gave me was you can do it all. You just might do it at different stages of your life. Yeah. Yep. 
think that, you know, I mean, I look back on that advice because it's so true. Like I loved my corporate job. I mean, in a way it was my dream job. I was a buyer at Saks Fifth Avenue. I was traveling to Europe. I was, you know, going to the fashion week shows. I mean, I was, you know, just really loving every aspect of it. But then the world changed a little bit, you know, technology changed. And life changes too. I had to learn to evolve myself with it. And yeah, now I couldn't imagine anything better than having my own business and being able to have that balance, you know, with my family that I wouldn't have if I was still in an executive, you know, role in New York City. But it, you know, it evolves and changes kind of like just as part of life too. Well, I'll take, I'll take that piece. And I'll say, I used to say years ago, and I still, I don't say it as often, but I still say it, that the definition of success changes by the day. It's yeah. our perspective of what success is in that moment. So if you're in your mid twenties, early thirties, and you're cranking it as a controller at a creative agency on paper, that's a home run, right? Mm-hmm. Or you're the, the, the head merchant at Saks or you are side hustling with your product at Sex and the City and then end up consulting and creating jewelry for all these different companies. I mean, you guys were slaying, right? But that doesn't mean that's what you always want to do. And Mm -hmm. that's the funniest part. And I think one of the things that we teach or we talk about, and you're all testament to that, is just because you're excellent at something doesn't mean you can't do something else. Um, and or take the learning experience and the work that you have underneath your belt, so to speak, and apply it to something new. Um, and, and the truth is, is we're only on this planet as far as we know once um, in this version of ourselves. So you might as well utilize all the tools in your toolbox. So if you're not satisfied doing, you know, life A, well, then do life B and or take from A, like, for instance, Jamie and I run a staffing firm and have for, for me, almost 20 years. The part of staffing that I don't always love is that I can't really spend the time on the good story because the good story doesn't make me money, but the good story is what I love. So there comes the dream catchers. The dream catchers is our offshoot to be able to indulge and have conversations like this. Because otherwise, unless Christina needed me to staff a position or I was helping Jessica find another job or Delphine needed an intern, we wouldn't cross paths professionally Mm -hmm. under my choice umbrella. But yet I'm still extremely inspired by your stories. Right. So I think I think, um, you know, I think the, the 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 true tell or the timeline of seeing women or men, anybody actually progress in their career, take moment, take inventory, and then pivot to something different is extremely inspirational. And um, yes, Jamie's saying it, you know, that we have an innate way of doing it. I obviously am extremely strategic when I put a, a, I was very strategic when I put you guys all together. It was kind of a Hail Mary putting you together in like a, you know, 120 hours before, but I was strategic in my spreadsheet that when I met Christina, I was like, if I do something, I want her talking with people, like-minded individuals. And could I do an entire episode talking to each one of you? A thousand percent. But isn't there something incredibly powerful about listening to each other tell your story? Mm. I mean, Christina and Jessica probably knew people in common in the work. We world. do. Well, Jessica, I, I 
recently had lunch. So, <laughs> so there you go. There you go. See, see, I, to me. I'm when I, I didn't know that, but you know, my, my, you know, you realize that, that the people, you know, and this is the other thing that, that Jamie and I talk about all the time, the people, you know, your professional web, that's exactly what it is. Yeah. Right. So in mm-hmm. one fell swoop, Delphine, Jamie, Marissa all dance together. Marissa's kind of dances, Jamie and Delphine dance together. <laughs> Christina grew up with one of the other dancers. Jessica worked with Christina. Ish, not really. But you see what I'm saying? Yes. yes none of this, sure. none of you that know, stuff is by accident. None of it is I by think, accident. I think what's important to point out before we move on to the next question is often we get, you know, a lot of new grads or pivoters or even people that are just trying to make change say to me the sentence, we've all heard it many times, we've all said it. It's who you know, right? You know, when I have somebody coming to me looking for a job and they're like, I can't get an interview. I feel like you need to know someone or I, 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 I didn't get farther than an application because I just I don't know anyone in that company. And this is testament to, you know, it's on you to know them. You don't have to have grown up with them. You don't have to. It doesn't have to be your dad's golf buddy to know them. Right. So I say this to the new grads out, out there or to the career shifters. It doesn't need to be somebody you personally know, you can professionally know pretty much anyone, right? As long as you go after it the way that you're supposed to. So I'm sure in their paths, you know, these three women had to call on people they knew to help grow their brand. And as they started figuring out who they know, Jess had all these contacts, I'm sure, from her days in all these amazing brands. How do you grow something without calling on who you know? And I think that's really important advice when you're thinking about how you're going to go ahead and apply to a job, follow up on an application, whatever it is, you know, see, see who, you know, you might know somebody, a friend of a friend, or this person went to your college, or this person also used to work for Rent the Runway. Even if you never overlapped, you have that in common and you can say, oh, I also worked there from 2015 to 2018. Like, would love to pick your brain. I'm building a business. And you know, that's what LinkedIn is for. I mean, people say to me all the time, like, and what do also, I do? How about that? How about embracing something you don't know? Yep. Christina. That's how you grow. I'm, 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 I, I hate to, I hate to gaslight all of us here, but all of us started out, except for maybe Jamie, um, cause she's a little bit, a hiccup behind us. Did we have social media at our fingertips? No. no. Christina has what Christina, you have like a gazillion followers. Delphine too. Jessica's Jessica's doing an e-commerce business. We didn't even know what those yeah. words were. Like, yeah. I, by the way, that's, Chris, I may have known you. I did Hen- Henry Bendel pop-ups like with my side business, which we don't talk about that often, but I had a side business that was in, you know, God, God help me if I made it onto daily mail. I mean, daily yeah. mail. We daily, candy. Candy. daily candy. Yes. So, you know, my, my, my thought is, I is love daily candy. Your own voice. We didn't have any other way of doing it. And each one of us, and we're on a podcast. So I didn't even know what the word podcast was a couple it years ago. Sorry, one of the one of the pieces of advice that I got from from school Parsons when I went there again pre social media I don't want to age myself but we're talking nineties my teacher said look around the people in your room in this room someone might be your boss one day someone might be a friend someone might help you get a job from that day on I learned to network and to make connections 
And back then there was no LinkedIn. There was no way to stay in touch. There was no Facebook, Instagram. You had to legitimately make connections with people, like honest connections. And I'm still connected with people from, from back then. But yeah, that's, that was like the best piece of advice. It was like the people in your circle, they may help you get a job down the road. It, yep. Talk about, you know, be open, be honest, talk to people, share things. Um, you're building your network from, from school when you're in school and you're with like-minded, you're taking classes, fashion classes or whatever it is. And you're with like-minded people. Those people might help you down the road or you might. Yes. Help them. And I they think what LinkedIn, what LinkedIn has done for people and what I would use that a hundred percent, I would use that to then give tactile advice at this moment. Every single person you meet and you, and you interact with connect to them on LinkedIn because you never know what that could bring for you as you're applying to a job. If you apply to a job, you see the person that, oh my God, that person from my Parsons class works there. I'm going to write to her now. Like, mm -hmm. and granted for us, we had to take their business card and put it in what, what was called right. a Rolodex. Rolodex. Um, but this is like modern day Rolodex, which these kids and these up and coming amazing creatives are like debilitated when it comes to this because they don't have, they weren't raised with the hustle that we were raised with. And they don't know that it's like kosher to reach out on LinkedIn. They're like, oh, am I allowed to do that? So I think that's great advice is to you look around a room or a, a, at this point, a virtual room, whatever it is. And when you're interacting with anyone, you connect to them after the fact, you send them a thank you note, whatever it is. And then those people can help you one day and whatever. And if look, you're Delphine, like, Delphine shouted out her teacher. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Well, if, actually, if it, it's funny because so Jamie and I know each other thanks to Tootsie. I've known Tootsie since her very first class at Breeside uh, over 20 years ago, randomly took her class. She was at the gym where I was teaching. I found three jobs in finance through her, including one that required a green card. <laughs> I replaced her sister at a part-time job when I needed a part-time job when I changed careers. <laughs> and go. then now I get customers from her because the people that, you know, you, you just never know. Like you if you surround yourself with good people and you're truthfully who you are around them, um, they will try and help in any kind of way they can. And But this is the true power of networking. I think it only works if it's authentic. Yeah. Um, if you're just doing it to use people, they'll feel it. Like they'll know. And so will you, and you won't get the same level of help, but genuinely I be agree. interested in people and, and, interact with them and that will always pay off even if it's just a nice conversation but this our connection if the connection is meaningful that will always come back to you that's why I, I truly believe that i agree so to get to today's word i'd love to talk to each of you about indulging and if you would indulge us see what i did there um with how you have you know survived the pandemic obviously and how you then have encouraged your customers to indulge. And as Marissa said at the, at the beginning, in themselves, right? So I think that we all went through a really tough couple of years and people weren't spending money on themselves or on anything, or they weren't going anywhere. So they weren't, you know, doing these things. How have you found, you know, A, how have you kind of survived that? And also, you know, what, is, what does indulging mean to you? And how do you encourage your customers to kind of do that as well. Cause obviously, listen, there's people out there that will no matter what, of course, but I think that a majority of people, I'm guessing, you know, there's a statistic out there that I'm not accurately saying, but just kind of stop doing that stuff for themselves, whether it was self-care in the gym or a facial or a massage, but in, in this case, fashion and, and jewelry 
and spending money on themselves. So I'd love to hear from each of you about a little bit about that and how you've survived, but also how you define that and how you're helping others to embrace that again, because that is really what fuels all three of your businesses is to get people to take that chance on themselves again and spend that kind of investment um, at any level. So in no particular order, I don't know which one of you wants to start, but would love to hear from each of you on that. I can start um, if that's okay. I yeah. So surprisingly, so I had a whole series of things happening. You mentioned that, you know, all the changes that we've gone through, um, but the only constant life has changed. It's easy to say when you're on the other side of it, but when you're facing it, sometimes it seems a little bit more daunting. Um, and like, it's almost the end. I thought uh, this may be the end of my business, but not because it was accumulation of things. So five years ago, I decided I'd gone the original route of going after um, traditional stores. So doing trade shows and spending a lot of money doing that, trying to build relationships to get into stores. And I realized it wasn't really happening because at the time my jewelry was too um, designery and they did that's not what stores were looking for. And there were a certain amount of outlets where we could sell it. Um, and I was ready to give up but in my network of friends. I had met this great consultant at a trade show and we'd become friends and she would let me quit. She said she offered, she worked with me for a whole year to help me switch my business to direct to consumer. Um, so without Beth Ann Banano from the EAB project, I would no longer have a business because I was ready to call it quits. It just wasn't working the way I needed it to. And I wasn't in this to struggle per se. You know, I could just go back to finance and figure out something else my soul needed to do. But her vision on my business and my artistry, because I was, I always had a hard time, a bit of imposter syndrome to consider myself an artist with this, uh, really helped shape it. And because of that, I opened a store in Soho with two other designer partners and we closed it right before the pandemic because we were a store within the store um, and that store is moving to Brooklyn. That's a very good thing they were doing that because they dodged a bullet right there uh, with those Soho rents and so did us. So it was a blessing in disguise, but time it did not feel that way. As in, you know, I turned all my eggs were in their same baskets, which was direct to consumer and basically uh, client facing through the store. So that was gone. Um, but I always so built a presence on Instagram and um, selling through the website, but really a big chunk of my revenue in that store. So that was closed and the pandemic started. So everything was really closing down. Um, but what actually happened, and I don't know if it's the indulgence that is the true trigger of that for me. So um, for, or for my business, um, I think what happened is that people were usually buying my jewelry by walking through the store in Soho or connecting with me online or meeting me at retreats, um, suddenly had no place to go. They could no longer travel. So they had all that discretionary income that they still could use if they chose so. And I think part of it with jewelry is that it's not just luxury and a material object uh, that you sell. It's, it's also a way to commemorate memories and people in tangible, wearable forms. And it's particularly intimate. You wear it on the body. It's gold to skin. It's something that you can, in the case of my collections, highly customize. I like to say I make, you know, jewels as unique as you are, uh, carefully crafted in the heart of New York City. So it's all local. It's woman-owned. And it's, it's for you to tell your story with. And I think that's the part that connected. Um, even amid the pandemic, despite the price point, um, to actually replace, I mean, it's 
my business grew, which is counterintuitive um, over the last two years. But it's a testament that the product itself is more than the product itself. And um, I was... I think I sell a form of happiness to people. Uh, it's a way it's beyond indulgence. It's because what you are able, it becomes part of your life story in a way. And I think that's, that's how I want the jewelry to be for you. And the fact that that message had sort of come across before it became trendy to make talismans, I already had that base of customers who were wearing jewelry the way I like to wear it. So it was, I think it's uniquely because Beth had encouraged me to switch my business model to being me, <laughs> you know, ultimately showing the jewelry, making it to my image um, already. It was making it for me, but sharing how and why, and, you know, um, I believe in the power of, of gemstones and energy and chakra. And I read people's energies. I've always been able to do that, but I just didn't know what to do with it. So now it's sort of translated into my business. And yes, some people may think it's crazy and it's not for them. It's okay. I'm not for everyone. Um, but, you know, that that fact that I was able to use all the, the social media was wonderful at the beginning. And then, but now everyone's on it. So it's like, it's no longer an edge to have a great website and, um, and a perfect curated feed, but it still enables you to connect uh, in the most authentic ways because you can use videos, you can use your voice. That's what I like to do. Uh, and you can, your storytelling is such a fantastic tool. But the idea of indulgence, and I think is just authorizing people um, to do what they want to do for themselves, uh, what makes them feel good, what makes them feel prepared and protected and ready to go out in the world, however scary the world may be. And it may seem like nothing, but like those things that I wear on my neck, they all have meaning for me and they could have the same meaning or a completely different one for you. It doesn't matter as long as it has a meaning that makes it personal. Um, and it just makes your life a little better just to wear them. Um, that's a long rambling answer. I love the show. Very well. <laughs> Very well said, Delphine. And I think, um, you know, I think you're hundred percent right. I think that as you're saying that they're, you know, your customer base, because they weren't able to travel, for example, we're still able to purchase from you, which is lovely, obviously for you and for them. And I do think that there are definitely a sect of people out there that was, were spending money in ways that they wouldn't have spent it before, or they're still spending money in the ways that they're able to. And I think that that's an important thing to, to note here, because I think um, you do have a hefty price point. I love your stuff and I can't afford it. Um, and, and I've told you that before. Um, but I think the message is the same no matter what. So it's what Delphine is saying is so important. It's like if there's something that is important to you and makes you feel good and, and you know, chase joy, as Marissa said at the top, it doesn't matter what it is. And in this particular case, Delphine loves, you know, if you follow her on social media, you'll see even when she's doing yoga, you know, crystals and, and um, chakras and all of that amazing work that she does off the, you know, off on the mat, she brings off the mat. And I think what's that, what I love about that so much is that it doesn't matter what it is, even if it's like a bracelet that is from, you know, a, a vintage bracelet, if it makes you feel good and you just wear it because, because around the house, I mean, this is a weird example, but, and Jessica, you'll appreciate this. I was, um, or maybe not so much anymore, but you used to, you might've appreciated before. I was a rent the runaway customer through COVID, which very many people were not. And people would ask me why. And I think this is an interesting point to what Delphine was just saying. I mean, granted, I did a lot of these, but it's not like you can tell what I'm wearing right now, right? 
this is a black long sleeve shirt. It's pretty cool though. It has some stuff over here, but like I was still doing my rent the runway for this and you could only see here up. And you know, my husband specifically was like, why don't you cancel your rent the runway subscription? I'm like, I have nothing else. Like this is my thing right now. Okay. I can put on a pretty dress and I can get on camera and put my filters on without my makeup and feel beautiful for an hour and a half while I was on these things. And I think that that's a really interesting testament to what the pandemic has done to people. It's like, you know what? Sometimes you just want to put on a really beautiful piece of jewelry and feel beautiful regardless of. Also, like let's, let's, one of my favorite, one of my favorite verbs is normalize. Like let's normalize what your oxygen mask is. Right. So for a while, it's not okay. It was not okay to admit that your oxygen mask needed to be more. You know, I mean, it's not, sometimes it's not just yoga or, you know, a balanced meal or, you know, a cleanse, whatever. Sometimes an oxygen mask is a beautiful piece of jewelry that means something to you that you'll wear forever and maybe gift to your daughter one day. Like an heirloom. Um, You know, I mean, I think jewelry, I mean, listen, I am a shopper. I am a consumer. I love a hunt. I love a find. I love vintage. I've always loved it. To me, clothing and jewelry is art. It's a way of expressing our inside. Um, Mm -hmm. I may wear a black sweater, but I'll wear a cool earring. I'm always thinking about not from a vein. I am a little bit vain as everyone knows, but you guys don't know, but I am. Um, We all are. We all should be. Um, But to a degree, it is my way of taking my inside and putting it outside mm-hmm. um and self-expression I, it is self-expression for me i am an introverted extra extrovert i say that often i might i am a very very friendly person that's completely inside all the time um and by shopping i express myself it's an artistic relief um and i know when i'm very stressed very stressed the more stressed i am in, in addition to Googling weird diseases at 2 a.m., I'm also putting things into shopping carts. Mm-hmm. And I don't always, I, I don't check out. I just put it in. And then, you know, there could be every once in a while something shows up at, at my house. Don't don't think it's not. But like, it's how I, it's how I process. And I think there's a lot of us that do that. So, you know, and I said, I'm like, I want to talk about this. I want to talk about indulging. I want to talk about how buying an expensive something or le- not expensive, buying anything for myself feels good. Mm-hmm. You know, um, a lot of us have had strife, financial strife the last few years. Um, you know, incomes were completely directly affected by the pandemic. Some of us have had success because of the pandemic. You know, you have guilt associated with spending money. Um, you have guilt associated with spending money when it doesn't have to do with health or children. Um, and I think that there's guilt. You have judgment from others about spending money. There's a lot that goes on here with indulgent, right? So if I go out and buy myself an expensive pair of sneakers and you see me outside, you know what I spent on those sneakers if you know anything about fashion, right? And it immediately says something in your mind about the other person. And instead, I, I say to myself, like, I wanted them. I work hard. I wanted to spend my money on it. And I wanted neon yellow golden goose, whatever it is, because I want to wear them. Sorry. I'm not. Did you buy them? No, but I'm going to eventually. Do you need Uh, to? 
Eventually. Oh, she sent me the picture of them. Now everyone knows that when I get them, I want want them. Wait, she sent me the picture of them and they're so beautifully sick. And she was like talking about buying them. And then I thought that was her telling me that she bought them. Mike, did you get them? I do 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 that. I sometimes, um, I sometimes will choose my words very interestingly enough, you know? No, I can't buy them because I just bought another pair of shoes that 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 I've wanted for a very long time. So I have to wait. There, there has to be a wait. There's a wait. <laughs> anyway, um, so now Delphine leads us. Now, Christina also has a luxury price point. So before Christina talks, um, I want to talk. I want to talk to Jessica for a little bit about how your price point is interesting because you were exposed to when you were at Saks you were touching very high price points most of the time. Um, so I want to talk about how you decided the lines that you were choosing, what your method to your madness was, how personal it was and how you feel your customer is your customer echoing some of the sentiment that I just shared. Yeah. So I think, you know, as we started this conversation, it really took me back to my very first day at Neiman Marcus. One of the things they said to us in the first day of the training program was, There is nothing in this store that somebody needs, but that's what's going to make your job really fun. And, you know, and it's 100% true. Nobody needs a $5,000 dress or, you know, $10,000 piece of jewelry or, you know, any of these amazing luxury items. But I had 15 years of working with some of the best brands, you know, and, you know, most iconic brands in the industry um, and getting to honestly play with a lot of product. And that was really fun. I mean, I was 30 years old in Solomeo, Italy, you know, watching them spin uh, Brunello Cuccinelli cashmere, you know, sweaters that are being sold, you know, and I could, as the buyer for Brunello Cuccinelli, I couldn't keep them in stock. I mean, this stuff flew out of the stores faster than I could physically bring it in. Um, And that was amazing. But what I think has transformed, you know, we talk about the technology changes in the world, the product, the, um, Supply chain has changed too. So back when I was a buyer in, you know, 2005, 2006, if you wanted that cutting edge trend of the season, then you had to buy it from a luxury brand because they were the ones that were showcasing it on the runway and delivering it. And it would take a season or two for it to, you know, move through water down, down the market, you know, um, but that that's blown up. I mean, that doesn't like that doesn't exist. That, that's not how the world is anymore. And so, what's really fun about my job now is that we really concentrate on finding great product that's at a great value. You don't have to spend thousands of dollars every season, you know, to, for things to be on trend. Like it's accessible at every price point. You know, from H and M at nine ninety nine, you know, to your designers, you know, at you know thousands of dollars and everything in between. And that's really like what makes our job really fun, and you know, gives us like a lot of pleasure as we you know find these great and curate these items. Is that you know. It's really, it's about that item. And like, sometimes it might retail for $50. Sometimes it'd be $250, but there's still like the value in that for the customer. And um, I think that that's like one of the, the great things that's evolved, you know, through my career is that there's like, just like that variety in the market now. Um, so we have a lot of fun with that. Um, like one of the f- cool brands that we found last um, season that we're going to, st- that we started bringing in on Mod 39, it's called Scandal from Italy. And it's all product that's made in Italy. And 
but it's not at Brunello Cuccinelli price points. <laughs> it's, you know, um, much more accessible. And so we brought in some great sweaters that last season that were about a, between $100 and $150. And we've got some awesome spring dresses um, coming up and tops from them uh, this spring season. And we just, we love the brand because we feel that the, like the, the workmanship and the price point you know, deliver on that value to our customers. And that's, you know, like as a merchant, what we're looking to do. So that's been an exciting, you know, thing for us. And I feel like allows us to have our customers indulge themselves. Like you can have that new trend of the season because we're offering it to you at a good price point. And it doesn't have to be in your closet forever. I mean, there are very few things that we we buy and we'll talk ourselves into it saying, I'll own it forever. I'll wear it forever. But the truth is we always want something new. We always want, you know, to rotate it. We don't want to look back on the pictures, you know, the, the next family vacation that you're wearing the same dress you wore 10 years ago, you know? So it's, um, I think like what's fun is that there's so much variety in the market for us to be able to find the product that, um, you know, we can let you constantly indulge yourself in something new. I love that. I love that message because indulge doesn't necessarily need to be defined by buying something really expensive. Um, but that indulging can mean, you know, a little something for yourself, even if it's, you know, and, and often, you know, over time, um, so that you feel beautiful and excited about your wardrobe, or like you said, you're not looking at pictures and seeing yourself in the same item. Um, and I think that's a really important way to differentiate, you know, something like Delphine's brand or Christina's brand from what Jessica's doing. It's like, it doesn't matter what it is. It's okay to indulge on yourself every once in a while. Um, and you can find different ways to do that. And that's, what's amazing about, you're right, what the market, how the market has changed is that now it's, it makes it so much more accessible to everybody. It doesn't matter who you are, what your income is, or what you're willing to spend money on, but that you can find ways to indulge. After Christina answers, I have a good question for you guys that I want to, I want to ask, and I'm just saying it out loud. So someone remembers me remembers to ask me. Okay. Christina, what's your take? Like who, I mean, you, you rebranded your wholesaling, right? You you're doing direct to consumer. You have a huge Instagram presence. Like what's your, who's your dream customer right now? Is your angle the marketing piece or how are you, how are you incorporating the word indulge in your messaging? We well, to back up, we provide, um, bold and glamorous jewelry that's made in New York city. That's made by hand by females. And we want you to have that look and feel of fine jewelry without the price point. It's fashion jewelry, right? It's brass that's plated in 14 karat gold. So we want you to be able to put something like this on. That's a work of art and feel like you're wearing a $30,000 bracelet. And that makes you feel good. You know, we want pieces that elevate, um, you know, we just came out of this pandemic and I still have the other question in my mind because for me, finding that creativity, being able to work on my own product again and create something beautiful that someone else can put on and feel better about themselves to me was allowing women or whoever wants to wear these feel a sense of glamour, feel a sense of indulgence. And that's what we offer. I mean, we offer it direct to market um, to a consumer that, you know, wants to be able to buy something and just transform, elevate their look, you know, and make them feel like 
a million bucks, right? Um, and now we're also going into like the wholesale area too, which is great because I love to be in stores. I love to do pop-ups. I love to speak, you know, talk about the product. You know, these are, I want I say that they're, they could become heirlooms. They are, they're storytellers. Um, and I want to be able to speak to the product and see from my customer what they're reacting to. And we're learning a lot about our customer because let's face it, it's a new, it's a rebrand and a relaunch. So when I'm out there and I'm doing a trunk show, I'm in Naples, I'm in Miami, I'm in Rumson. I'm meeting women that are so excited to want to be glamorous, that want to elevate their style. They may, they, they don't, some of them don't know how to wear jewelry or clothing per se. So like seeing someone in person and offering them tips and saying, oh, you could wear this like that. I have a necklace, you could wear like three different ways. I'm like, oh, you could tie it like this. You could do like, they love that. And I'm learning so much from my, from my customers, who they are and what they love, right? And, and why they love and what they need. And we're still exploring yeah. that. Like, I can't say, oh, she's this, that, and that. I mean, I can say she's, you know, demographics or that, that she obviously likes, um, you know, well-made product that, you know, is like in the luxury sector. You know, there's, there's things like that. But, you know, we're just learning so much every day because it's so new that, the more I get out in front of people and talk to them and show them the product, the more I'm, I'm getting back in return on her needs and her desires and what she wants. And, and that's been great. That's yeah. Been great. Yeah. yeah. And I think, I think that, I think that that's something to be said too. And, um, you know, and, and it's, what's funny is that all three of you are, are saying things that are making me realize that to indulge doesn't necessarily equate to spending a lot of money. And I think that I myself, very personal. Marissa and I gives me, gives me a lot. Marissa gives me a hard time, always has. I'm not good about this at all at, at spending my money or like what to buy with. Like I'm, I'm the person that like goes to target two years after the trend and buys the target version until it like has a hole. Like Wait, I'm when Marissa, she says this, it embarrasses me a little bit. It's not <laughs> embarrassing to me at all. Like this is, I'm not a fashion forward person. I am a, I am, I, I would rather spend my money on experiences. It's just who I am. I'd so rather I was actually just going to say that because indulgence is not just material things. It's also experiences right. and mm-hmm. you can choose to spend it on other things. And it's such yeah. a personal concept indulgence, right? What's, what's indulgent to me may not be it to you at all or, or to anyone else on that panel. Right. Uh, and I, I, think, I agree. Yeah. It doesn't, indulgence doesn't need to be, listen, I just happen to love like I am a complete, I could be a complete Christina customer and a complete Delphine customer. And I, and really without comparing their websites, their, their, their product is completely different. Um, I am whimsical in one piece of my life and I am power glam. Um, I look at Christina's pieces and it's like channeling my Melrose place, Heather Locklear moment. And like just glamour and like power and fun. Like I just, you know, and I, 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 I don't think that necessarily means fashion forward. Right, James. So like for somebody that's listening to the word indulgence, like we, yes, we happen to have um, a, an apparel merchant and two jewelry designers here, but we're talking about a, a word that conjures up a lot of other things. It's taking care of ourselves, spending money in, in ways that make us feel joy 
what that means and three business owners that sell joy with a dollar. Okay. They are selling joy with a dollar at a difficult time and connecting to their consumer to encourage that point of sale so that their business can flourish. Right. That's the piece that I'm unpacking. It just so happens that I'm guilty of being the perfect customer. Um, You know, I think, I think it's very interesting to see the businesses that are succeeding right now. Um, But it's not just sweatpants anymore. It's not just leggings again. I think there's a call to action of wanting to feel confident again, a call to action about wanting to feel like a better version of ourselves. And how do we get there? And what do we do? And what do you define as a better version of yourself? Like, what, what is it that you're trying to put out into the world, right? So if it's a powerful earring and that makes you feel confident, so be it. But if it's, you know, an indulgence on a trip or an experience, that's also really special too. Um, I think, and again, it's just a matter of, of choosing joy because it's not easy to stay focused on the things that are light. It's not. Yeah. I mean, the, I think- the world tries really hard to bring us down every single minute of the day. So I think, I don't know. I love what you guys are doing. We, we, we talked about, Jamie, we didn't talk about some of our traditional things that we ask in these conversations because this conversation was so actually spot on for like big, bigger and better things. Do you think there's like a question that would be fun for them that we didn't cover? So I have two, two questions to, to, as we, as we near the end here, but um, we typically would ask like, what's your aha moment, which both all three of you without realizing it because I know you all prepped so much with the questions, um, answered that in your introductions of you had this aha moment. Um, but also all three of you talked a little bit about the way that you went through school. And we typically would ask like, what's your first job? How did you get into this? But interestingly enough, you know, at least Jessica and Christina talked about how they pretty much went to school for this, started it right away. And Delphine told talked us through a little bit of how she decided to go through schooling for finance and found jewelry. Um, because I do think it's really interesting when people are at that stage, like, how do you even begin? Like, what do you do to be, start? How do you call on internships to then find yourself in these industries? But with, you know, in, so we don't have to go all the way back to that, but that is something we didn't necessarily touch on, but more importantly, or not necessarily importantly, more poignantly, I'd love to talk about superpowers and mantras, because I think as women specifically and women business owners, um, we all have to stay inspired every day, right? We have to figure out how to keep getting up and keep doing this and inspiring others to do it. And um, it's not always easy. And I think superpowers, Marissa and I are big believers in, because I think one of the reasons that probably makes all three of you successful in different ways is that you bring something that somebody might, the other person might not bring. And that's why your business is successful. Um, so my first question would be about your superpowers, if you feel like you have one. Um, I think our personal opinion as the dream catchers is that everyone has a superpower. Um, and often we'll use, we'll use that questioning when we're talking to a candidate, when they're like, I don't have a superpower. I don't know. I'll say things like, who are you in your group of friends? Right? Like if you're out for dinner, are you the one that planned the dinner? Are you the one that picked the restaurant? Are you the one that split the bill? Are you the one that made sure that there's a group thread after dinner to like send pictures? Who are you as a human being? And how do you bring that to your I'm the one that ate. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Are you the one that showed up 20 minutes late and just ate? Um, But I think think that there's so much to be said about like really looking inward at who you are as a human being. 
and how that brings, you know, joy to your customer and to your work. So I'd love to hear from each of you if you think, if no pressure, but if you think you have a superpower, I probably could guess what all three of yours are or give you one or gift it to you, but I'd love to hear what you think is your own superpower. And then in addition to that, either with that, or we can come back around um, whether or not you have a mantra or like what keeps you inspired every day. Um, so Jessica, do you have a superpower? Do you think that you bring to everything that you do? Oh, you know, this is hard. Um, you know, I, you know what, I think it's just being authentic to yourself. Right. And like, you know, I've always been, um, a very outgoing person and I've, you know, we were talking earlier about like networking, like that was just something that, you know, like, I don't think I ever thought like I'm working at networking. It's just that, you know, one group leads to another group and another group of friends led to another group. And I think that, you know, it, that's something that's really been my foundation for everything in my adult life, not just my career, but, you know, my, my social circles and everything else. It's that I really, I, I, I enjoy being around people and I, you know, strive to make people, you know, comfortable around, you know, others and creating, you know, welcoming settings, whether it's something I'm hosting in my house or working on, you know, something, you know, with the PTA at school, but just really trying to be inclusive and, um, you know, keep everybody, you know, excited about whatever it is that, you know, we're there together, you know, to share or celebrate. Um, and I think that, you know, for me, a lot of my inspiration and motivation, you know, it, it changes through your career, right? That's something else that like has evolved. And right now, I mean, a hundred percent, I am motivated um, by, by my daughters and to, you know, really actively show them that in a sense, you can have it both. I can be here and I can shuffle you to the dance studio and watch you, you know, be the dance mom, you know, doing your hair backstage and maybe an hour later I'm, you know, delivering products, you know, to customers, you know, so that they get something in time for going out for dinner. And like, that's, what's really important to me is to kind of show them like the hustle behind the small business. And that, you know, when you work hard at something, you know, you really, you can achieve anything. And that's really what like really motivates me right now. I agree. And I think what you touched on just now is so important. I was talking to a young girl the other day who's planning this incredible event at, um, at Bellworks for International Women's Day. And she asked Marissa and I to moderate uh, some of her conversations. By the way, she's 15. Like, <laughs> I can't even begin to explain this girl. She's amazing. Um, and she was saying to me how it just innately comes naturally to her to, to network, right? She saw somebody as a sideline reporter um, at a basketball game and like was curious about how she got into that and like went up to her and spoke to her at like 14 years old. And you realize so much of that isn't it. And what an amazing superpower, Jessica, as you've built your brand to be able to just do that naturally. Now, granted, there's ways to learn it, but to just have that innate hustle is really important mm -hmm. as you grow a business, obviously. Um, and that is a superpower and being able mm -hmm. to kind of be extroverted in that way um, and and bring people together. Marissa and mm -hmm. I talk about that all the time. It's one of ours as well mm -hmm. is this innate ability to make connections and to bring people and create community for people, both professionally and, you know, and personally. I'm going to take it up a notch, Jess. I'm going to say that I actually think what your superpower is, because you said a lot of things there, but I'd like to give it a word. Um, and maybe you'll think I'm wrong, but I think you're what, I think you're a collector. <laughs> so um, meaning like you, you know how to find good things, see good things, put good things together. Mm -hmm. yep. um, so 
you know, for instance, I was very impressed. One of my most impressive moments with meeting you, and I've met you, you know, six times probably. And we had really only crossed paths like one. And I saw you out of place at a really weird time. (laughs) You knew me by name. Yep. You knew me by name. And and I was extremely impressed by that. Like name with like context, which I take, I I think of that is a very valuable high compliment. Because in all fairness, it's not easy to do because I try to do it and I fail a lot. So um I, I think that that and she didn't call you Jamie, which most people would no, do. She knew exactly who I was, and she I was in a very weird spot. You were as well. What's worse is I was extremely flustered when she saw me. So not shocking. Um, but <laughs> she she I don't know. But my my sentiment is, you know, you collected your brands, you collected your clients, you collected your vendors, you've collected your friendships, you've collected your experience and you have been able to create a business out of it. You collect the people that you meet. We work with the PTA dance moms, all of it. It's just like, almost like a, it's a, it's a bigger word than what you were saying. And I, you know, I mean, maybe I'll look up the word collector in a different way um, in the thesaurus and text you later, but that's what I think. That's what I'm, 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 I'm gifting. I'm saying I'm showcasing that all those things were collecting. So I think it's really, really special. As long as it's not antiquing. <laughs> but I, think, you know, <laughs> I mean, I like antiquing, but I'm just saying, let's just keep it, let's keep it a little age appropriate, make it collecting. <laughs> Sounds good. Because you know what, we're all in this together, right? And like, you know, having our support system, you know, goes beyond, I mean, our immediate families, you know, our, I couldn't do anything, you know, with my husband, my mom, who, you know, helped me, you know, with all of this, like day to day. But but it is, the, it's your, it's the bigger circles. It's the, you know, it, it's your close friends, it's your professional friends, it's, you know, everybody that we work with, like, we're all in it, you know, together and, you know, to support one another. And that's, you know, what, what you know, really, I think also drives us. I agree. Great. Delphine, do you have a, do you think you have a superpower? I think she probably, she's pretty intuitive, this Delphine. So have you, have you put any thought to what you want to say here? I actually did. Uh, that was the only question that kind of stumped me. Honestly, I did read what you said. Uh, and I had to think about it um, because I don't think about it in those terms. But I think what my superpower is, is curiosity. Um, I'm always curious. If you know, you know me, you know, I ask a lot of questions. <laughs> it's, like, it's always I have this uh, built in quest and thirst for knowledge. Um, and it could can be completely random. And it started in my earlier life. Even when I was in high school, I was doing everything. I was, I didn't like, I took all the electives basically, uh, even though I did a math and physics class. Like I, why would I give up Latin? It's an interesting world and not, you know, like it just led to different universes that I like to think one day conversion and they mix in my head, you know, they come out in different shape and form. But I think the curiosity enables me and this leads to my mantra, actually, because I grew up with, in a family where you had to use all your brain and think of life as not a problem, but always solutions. And I've added a caveat to that is that is the solution, however, imperfect. Like it doesn't have to be the solution. Just don't stay stuck. Keep moving. Keep changing. Keep evolving. Keep pivoting. This is a dancing move, too. Right. Like you don't just stay suspended in your discomfort or you're in the place where you can't 
really grow anymore. Um, so yeah, those are my two cents, but I don't know what people would tell me is my superpower because I've never asked people to be honest. Well, I think being curious is incredibly wonderful, right? So it's like, if you say curiosity is your superpower, it actually translates to so much more. Everything. Um, yeah. It means that you're questioning. I mean, listen, if you hadn't been curious, you wouldn't have taken a, a class that then changed your entire life and then so many others, all your customers' lives because of it. So mm -hmm. I think staying curious is actually a beautiful superpower because it could mean so many things. It could mean that you're empathic to who, if you're curious about, humans um if you're cute now granted i'm not quite sure how latin and calculus married together is still something that i can i can engage in very logical i mean i'm just saying but i think your curiosity is a wonderful superpower and it's it not is. something that Thank necessarily you. people you know you ask other people what they see i think it's what we innately bring to the table and mm -hmm. i do think it's nice to know what it is um mm -hmm. so i i i i I, I validate your superpower. I, mean, I agree. Thank you. I agree. And I think that this exercise I think is important for everyone. And I, I implore mm -hmm. our listeners to do this exercise with themselves. We all have something that we bring that maybe everybody else doesn't have or doesn't see. And it's important to recognize that in ourselves because it makes us continue to grow. I mean, if you asked me, Delphine, I probably would have said you're able to make anything beautiful, right? Your yoga mat, even the way she sets up her space when she's doing yoga in her house in like April, 2020 with like, she has like a succulent and like 16 crystals. And I'm just like trying to fit my yoga mat in between my Peloton and my couch, you know, like everything is just gorgeous when it, when Delphine does it. So I think yep. that that's, or even says it for that matter. That's a whole other thing. I'm like, when she says it, it sounds better. Um, but yeah, the ability to bring beauty and in, in, into things, into mundane things, I think is a, is a superpower that you have as well. But I'm going to go with curiosity. I think that one's more unique. Thank and you. Fun. And it's um, funny you bring up beauty because um, Tootsie's told me that too. Like she, mm -hmm. I didn't realize that beauty is a value you can have because I've always been a seeker of beauty. It's surrounding myself with it. And that doesn't mean anything other than, you know, seeing what the beauty that's around you and in people and like you I mean, know it's look at part your of curiosity right now yeah like look at where she's sitting right now like everything about it's it. like a, you're looking at a tropical plant <laughs> yes oh it's huge yeah <laughs> i would kill that i would kill that all right christina who has a pretty beautiful backdrop too um hi i made it myself um <laughs> <laughs> After this last night and curator, collector, um, networker has always been something that, you know, I, I mentioned earlier, that's just been innate to something that like, I just have a passion for talking to people, connecting people, bringing friends together. I have a girlfriend, you know, we all recently moved here. I have a girlfriend that's like, I met more people through you connecting me than like she has at like some of these groups. Right. And I just like, like you ladies, I just genuinely like people. And I genuinely see how like the commonality and like, Oh, and I like, like to put people together, right? And curator, collector, whatever you want to call it, like that's just like an innate passion to me. And not everyone has that, right? Um, the other thing is, and I don't know if I pick one or the other, but I've always just out of the womb have like had fire and passion to just do stuff like a doer. Like my father-in-law comes over, he's like, you got it, like you just don't stop. It's like, I'm passionate. I see things, even in other people, when they feel stuck, sometimes like you meet a friend to be like, this is what you can do, or this is, I just, 
I don't know. I just have this passion and drive that like, I just don't stop. Right. And it's, and it's always career driven. Right. I mean, sometimes it comes out in other things like with my kids and stuff. I gotta do this artwork during the pandemic. I was like, we're trapped in the house. Let's all make art, you know? And like, and it was like, we just have to do it. And you're getting, we had, yeah, I was going to say, she sounds like you. Oh my God. We have this gorgeous wall, which I mean, we moved, I had to take it down, but like of all the art that I made my, at the time, three-year-old make with me, which like the kid doesn't even like to, you know, he's into other things, but like, it was just this passion for, for like creating and, and, and just like this fire inside to like do stuff. So when I was launching this line, it's like a lot of people, they launch or they sleep on things. Like it was just like nonstop, like 24 seven, like wake up in the middle of the night, like jot something down, sketch something, post something, you know, and I don't know if that's a superpower, but there's definitely. So, I think fire. it is. I think so it I, is. I, I could not like, if, if it's this for sorority meeting, I'd be like snapping so that my fingers came off. I would, I would like to give you one too. Um, I'm going to summarize and see if Jessica and Jamie and Delphine agree with me. I feel like you're, you're magnetic. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm listening to you and I am att- like a literal, like attracted to you. Like as if not, not an attraction. Like I actually feel like you're pulling me in. Mm-hmm. And I felt that the first time I talked to you and uh-huh. it actually feels very much that way now. Like when you're speaking or when you're talking with your passion and your fire, if you think about fire and you think about networking and you put those things together and you think about, you know, the actual metals combining to metals and how they attract, I really feel like you're magnetic. And I think that's a phenomenal word for you because mm-hmm. if people, please do, please do. You heard it here first. Um, but I, I think I think that that's what I'm feeling, you know, and, and when you do that, when you network where you put other people together, which Jamie and I are naturally proud of doing as well, you know, case in point today, um, it is not it's not something that is common for most people. It's mm-hmm. definitely a superpower. But I could drive in further and say, I feel like it's just because you or I would have said charisma because it kind of is like a cool thing to say with your name. Um, like charisma, Christina, Caruso, just like, you know, what is that called? Onomatopoeia? No, uh, alliteration. Alliteration. Thank you. Um, but I just think magnetic is it. That's the way I feel. Um, that's what I would. And I I think that this, the exercise is super fun. So, um, if anybody wants to do this exercise with us, please contact us because we love doing this kind of exercise with people. We actually went into some women's groups at organizations and do this work with women inside companies, if you ever know one of anybody, or, or by the way, any of our listeners are listening to this and they're like, this is such a fun exercise. We have a whole uh, class like this about identifying yeah. superpowers. Um, that Wait, I want to say our last question. Ready? Right. Because we all have to go because it's randomly where we are right now. It's a, it's a, it's a bizarre time where all the wheels are going to fall off in all of our houses. We don't get off. <laughs> um, so, so what I want to ask is this, usually we ask for you know, a, a local business or brand crush that really inspires you. But I think what I think we could do to turn that, turn that or pivot that toward today's conversation is could you each name something, a brand or business that you have indulged in as of late that you love? Mm. Um, so brand crush, your indulge, your personal indulge. Yeah. And by the way, just to expand on that for a second, just to expand on that for a second, um, we do a course called the brand crush project, which basically 
implores people to identify the things that make them tick and that they just personally love consuming and how to actually turn that into potentially getting a job there or somewhere like it. Um, Because I think so often we like overlook actually looking internally and think about what we actually love to do or consume and then figuring out how to then work at those companies or at companies that work with those companies. Because so often we're just reactively searching for work, right? We're on LinkedIn, we're on Indeed, and we're just like applying, applying, applying. But what if we actually turn that on its head and think about who we, what do we love? I love Starbucks. I love Swell Bottle. I love, you know, the brand, my ring light, like this ring light brand, like this is Gene, you know? Um, So like, is there something that you're crushing on that you've indulged in that has made your life easier or better over the pandemic or in the last couple of years that you could shout out because we like to share it when we post your episode, we'll tag them, you know, we'll DM them and say that they're mentioned in the episode. We think it's just fun to share that good energy um, with other companies out there and brands or, or women or influencers or anything that you think is just killing it right now that you think that has made your life better or your business better. Anyone? Does it have to be local? No. No. Oh, I, why did I think it was local? I mean, I mean we local, love local, great, but we love local thing. too. We love local. Um, can I can I give two? Can I give local and like not? Okay. Yeah. So local, I have to say, like since I moved here, I've been going to Poe in Fairhaven, and I think um, I love the community and the woman who owns it, runs it, Liz. She's just awesome, like good vibes, and like I never liked a hot like workout. Like I like a hot yoga, but like. Now I like that. And that's what I've been indulging in. That's also been helping me, you know, just like decompress and do all those things. Um, and in the heart of the pandemic, I was doing Tracy Anderson, which is an indulgence because that's like crazy. Um, but, but, um, but lately, um, and, and they also support us. So I, I'm really excited. Um, the Curio, which is part of the Faena in Miami. Um, it's a beautiful curated store um, at the Faena Bazaar. And they have like the most gorgeous uh, array of like fashion clothes and accessories and art. And it's just really beautifully curated. And every time I go there, I just want to, you know, I just want to like live in Miami and like dress like that when I come back here to Jersey. I just want to be in like white, beautiful, flowy, big earrings. And like, I'm totally crushing on that store right now. Um, So yeah, there's my peeps. By the way, there's um, there's a very uh, smaller scale but amazing place in Bellworks. If you've not been, it's called the Gathering Shops. That's yeah. doing something very similar and that you would actually love and benefit from connecting to. Um, they feature small business designers, little kind of shop within a shop, oh, a cool. similar kind of bizarre feeling. We actually had the founders of their of the Gathering Shops on the podcast. Um, definitely should check that out because it's a really local version of what you're describing. Um, but I love, I I mean, I love stuff like that. And, and Delphine, that's kind of similar to what, what you were doing before you closed, um, that concept of allowing multiple artists to have a storefront, if you will, or have presence to sell their, their wares, but in a, without having to pay that rent is such a beautiful thing that these guys at, at Bellworks have done for local artists, um, and local businesses. And they're, it's very, by the way, very high end. Um, really impressive stuff that they were able to do. It's right inside Bellworks on the block of Bellworks um, on the main level. So definitely check that out. Um, love those crushes. Love that one's local. Love Poe. Love Liz. Um, what about you, Jess? 
this is, I mean, I don't know. There's a, I was like, I had a few different ways I could go about this, but I have to just, I'll give the shout out to the girl who literally feeds my family every week. Uh, Jess Rogers at the Blonde Chalet. Um, you know, as a busy working mom, I don't know how I could have time to get. By the way, I'm pretty sure she might be our, our biggest ever brand crush recipient. We probably should give her an award. The amount of people that have shouted out the Blonde Chalet on this podcast. By the way, those salads, man. I could drink that, that, the, the, um, oh my God, the soy ginger dressing. I could like drink that straight. So good. But, you know, I mean, but that's, again, it's a mom who's, you know, like in this, just building a great business for herself, which inspires me. And on top of it, you know, she's really like has nailed that. What do we need? (laughs) You know, put a meal on the table every day but the reality of us you know when we're in the carpool you know for four hours after school and studying for with our kids and doing their homework is that you know somehow we need help in getting it done um but you know the other thing is too like i'm just i feel really fortunate that you know my husband and i were able to take our daughter skiing um out in colorado uh last month and be planning for another family you know trip over spring break and you know so united airlines is our <laughs> indulgence lately but you know like again like some of those experiences like they're the memories you want to have for for you know a lifetime and so we're just trying to you know savor them and enjoy those experiences um as a family i love it what about you Del? so uh i tend to indulge in experiences um because well already kind of own the jewelry <laughs> don't really treat myself to um a lot more of luxury items uh except for trips and well you know um I do retreats yoga and dance um I think I've done quite a few every time Tootsie does one I'm there um I'm doing Nadia's now too um I'm also planning trips to go um to France I guess my sponsor is United Airline right now I'm not really trying to give them a shout out but I'm using my points to go to France for my friend's 50th birthday and I went to business school in France and all our friends were going to be there Um, so it's going to be exciting and I'll go see my family so I'm just giving myself the gift of being with the people I love Um, so that's not per se a shout out however um, I just um, recently upgraded my hair and I want to give a shout out to Nasna Salon in Jersey City because that's where one of my studio is and that's where I went. And I was really happy with the result. Your hair looks felt like fabulous, actually. Yeah, you, really, you do look fabulous. I noticed your hair. It looks amazing. Right. I just, uh, I love it. I walk in. He does whatever he wants. I just say don't cut the, too much. What was the name Nas-Nas. of this one? So, Nasna's. Okay. Yeah. I'll give you the handle. Uh, he's fantastic. Um, love jewelry as well. So it's it's always a pleasure. You walk in there, being taken care of. Um, it's a treat for myself. That's how I like to indulge. Um, but again, it's more of an experience, although I get to carry it. It stays like this for, I don't know, a couple of months. <laughs> and then I go in, love the, it. in the ocean, the sun, and it changes. I have to go back. But, you know, this is it. So- I love that. And so to wrap up, you guys, I would love to just end with if you have any anything that we didn't cover, any piece of advice that you want to share with somebody out there that might be struggling. We have a lot of, you know, Marissa and I like to say this. I hate to say this, I should say, but we say it often is people don't come to us when they're happy, unfortunately. Right. Career seekers, um, people looking for a career inspiration, even people that are listening to this podcast usually are, are seeking something either they're. I wouldn't necessarily say unhappy, but they're, they're looking for more. 
right? They're either struggling with something, they're trying to create a brand, they're building a brand, they're looking for a job, um, and they're looking for that inspiration. So if there's anything that you want to say that as a, as just to wrap up any piece of advice, um, that has worked for you as you've built such successful brands, all three of you, um, that you think our listeners might benefit from, I would love to give you the chance to do that as our last kind of, um, you know, our last effort here. Don't be afraid of change. And, you know, I think that often in our careers, you know, there are points where we can get comfortable and and things are easy. And, you know, sometimes that's good. Uh, Sometimes that, you know, enables you to focus on something else, you know, in your life. But at the same time, I think it's, um, you know, when we challenge ourselves, we bring out, you know, the best. And sometimes that means moving to something that's maybe at first uncomfortable. You know, when I first left there, I've been there for so long and I, it was exciting to be at Rent the Runway, but it was also, it was challenging for me because it was a completely different environment. It was a startup. It was, you know, that didn't have the corporate backing, you know, that I had. And I, I had to kind of reach deep in myself and bring out some new skills, you know, and, and develop some new skills. But I didn't realize that in the end, that was setting me up to be, you know, for, uh, to have that foundation of starting my own business. And, um, you know, so sometimes those things that seem hard are the things that like can really bring out the best in us. I agree. Mm -hmm. And if it's not advice, Christina or Delphine, perhaps, or, and even to, as a PS to that, Jess, if there's anything that you wanted to mention about your own business that we didn't get a chance to say or use a moment to to promote yourself or something new or exciting that's happening take this moment to share it as well thank you um i'm not sure um terms of piece of advice is uh i say this to myself a lot is talk less do more um just just try it like nothing is forever. Um, and if you want to try something new, just try something new. And if it doesn't work, you'll pivot. Just just don't stay stuck in telling yourself, this is so different. I can never, I didn't really know how to make a successful jewelry business. I still don't know. It changes every day I and mean, it's successful, mm-hmm. but success now doesn't mean success in a week, a month, a year. Um, so all you can do is learn to be adaptable uh, and actually sort of, embrace change the same way you were saying um uh, earlier jessica like it's the only constant in life and then but it's the only thing um i get bored easily things this is kind of what happened in my previous career like i'd reached a level where there was not that much more place to go up so i had to go sideways and do something different but all the experiences i've had even as a dancer with discipline that you learn early on is perfect when you run your own business and no one's your boss and telling you what to do. Like you have to have a certain level of discipline to be able to do those things naturally on your own. And then of course the finance background helps with running it um, on a day to day. Like I have systems in place, like I have spreadsheets I use for everything. Some of my designer friends think it's laughable, but you know, it works for me and it's all me because um, I've had to manage chaos and other, you know, and my non-creative jobs for other creatives that I'm able to somewhat manage myself um, decently at this point. But it's always, you know, it's everything happens for a reason. Just make sure you use it to your advantage. That's all I want to say. And business-wise, the one thing I just wanted to say, we did touch on um, the one thing that changed for me, that, that one 
product change in my business is that I added a donation component. Um, I give back now um, during the pandemic. It's something that started. I started working with the Food Bank of New York um, to give people, um, to help people get a decent meal if they couldn't afford it anymore because of the pandemic. So um, this is something that I'm really proud of and that I'm keeping as a component of my business going forward because I think it's important uh, to give back. Um, so I love that. I wanted to mention. I love that you're doing that. Marissa and I actually are doing that as well. A portion of everything that we do goes back to the Mental Health Association of Monmouth County. Um, we feel that mental health and career are so intertwined, especially now. Um, so we give a little bit of everything that we do to them because they are doing all sorts of amazing work to, you know, get people back on their feet after what has we've all gone through. So that's awesome, Delphine. Good for you. Um Thank you. I love that. And also, by the way, we agree. One of our mantras is say yes. Just say yes. Give it a go. Mm -hmm. Every opportunity, mm -hmm. every interview, everybody that wants to have coffee with you, just say yes. You never know. You never know unless you go. Um, got to be in it to win it. You got to yeah. be in it to win it. Yes. <laughs> All these it. things, my brain, I have like notes because I keep like my brain is going everywhere. I can't just walk in. But just one of the pieces of advice that, that I always tell like friends, especially when they're going through transition or whatever, I don't know why they always come to me with ideas or whatever. Magnet. But I, yeah, I, magnet. I magnet. Thank you. Well, now we know. I, I did find before there was like all these women's group, I did find like a women's networking group in New York City that like, because we were going to some of these like networking coffee connections and we were like meeting, it was like duds. And I was like, uh, I turned to my girlfriend who was working at PowerPlay at the time. And I was like, between you and I, me working in fashion, you working in, in you know, not for profit, we have a network of people. We could just pull these people together, start in our house. And we, and that's what we did. We, we, we pulled people from her network and my network. And we just started a conversation, like an honest conversation. And it grew to like 300 people. Um, and we still did something during the pandemic, but you know, now, you know, now it's more of like an online type thing. Um, but one of the things I would always tell people is someone would come to me with an idea. They were always afraid to talk about it. And I was like, Talk about it as if you're doing it. Get it out there. Get it out into the universe. So then you'll start meeting people. Things will start generating from that. So people are so afraid to be ready for something. I'm like, you're doing it. So I had a girlfriend. We had one of these events. And I was like, I called her and I was like, I want you to speak at our event. And she showed up after the time. She was too in She wasn't ready to speak to announce to the world that she was doing this new project. I just want to say right now, she's one of the success, most successful, like self-made people I know because she finally took the courage to start talking to people and get in front of them and start saying what she was working on or what she was passionate about. And she just started to build a connection which started her business. So I think don't be afraid to talk about your dreams or your passions because you might find a dream catcher and they can help you make that possible. And the other one, which my husband always reminds me is no one's going to do it for you. So you got to do it yourself. At first, you got to, you got to make it happen. No one's going to pen to paper for you. You have to do it. Yeah. And that, I love that, Christina. We say that all the time, chase your own destiny, get it, get it yourself. I mean, I talked about that a little bit earlier. I think that's a great way to wrap um, so much of what you guys have done and, and your success stories have been so parallel to what Marissa and I have created and also what we try to encourage other people to create for themselves or their career or their business or whatever they're trying to get. 
right? We give so much advice about being proactive and not reactive, about being just getting after it. It's never going to come to you. If you send 75 applications and you've never once followed up on the application, you're not going to get the job. If you're going to, if you're going to try to send a sample to editors and just hope that somebody, or now I, I'm dating myself, that's such an old school PR way of, 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 of thinking influencer, whoever's going to be wearing your stuff. It's like, if you don't follow up on it or continuously sell, 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 go, 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 hustle, hustle, hustle. It's never going to go anywhere. So I think that what you guys have shared today has been so inspirational to Marissa and I am so glad that we did this. I really appreciate everybody's time. Thank you to Ming at the Shared Universe for doing our sound um, and our sponsor, which is our parent company, Choice Fashion and Media, Choice Associates. Um, just so happy to be able to be here today and and talk with you guys about you know what you do and why you do it. So thank you for being part of our web and just saying yes, short notice. Saying yes, exactly. Thank just you. say yes, and in short notice, coming together and having this great conversation. We can't wait for this episode to drop. We'll share it with you so you can share it with all of your, you know, customers and network and um, looking forward to more to come from all of you. Thanks Thank for you. being here. Thank Thanks, for having, Thanks for having us. Really fun. Thanks. I for hope we get to, to keep talking in person soon. Yes. I know. Ming, we're done. We're wrapped there. I'm here. Um, everybody look into your cameras. I'm going to take a screenshot. I don't know where to look. That's my problem. Right. Uh, in your camera, you see the little lens up top. On top. Or uh, you're on your iPad, right? So uh, yeah, yeah. Alex, I, nope, I keep you're... looking at Jamie, and my eyes. Are no, other, other, other side of the iPad. There. All right, cool. Ready? Three, two, one. Gotcha. Thank you. Um, <laughs> Thank you. This was fun. This was so fun, you guys. I hope you loved it. I love uh, giving the people the opportunity to talk about yourself a little bit and your story. I think so often you're probably talking about your product and trying to sell the product and get new customers, but it's not often that we as women-owned businesses, women in general, we don't talk about ourselves enough and tout what we're doing and and brag about it to each other. This conversation, these conversations tend to have a cathartic feeling to them too. I agree. Um, you know, and it is nice to know. It's just nice to know. It's nice to have blocked time, to have conversations like this where you're inspired, you know that your words are going to help others. You know, I obviously going to be stalking everyone's website tonight in my bed and, you I'll know, find you filling up cards. I'll find you. <laughs> you're going to have to be You're like, who is that IP address? Yeah. I recognize this one. Tomorrow and then you tell me no. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I, I'm, I'm, you know what? Here's the thing. I'm proud of all of you guys. By the way, sitting from my vantage point, I've been putting people to work in our industry for 20 years. What you've done is not easy. It's not, you know, I, I mean, I'm saying that to you off, off camera, like it's not easy. A lot of people have been in high profile situations. It takes a lot of unique situ, a unique, uh, equation to make this work. You have to have the financial ability to be flexible. You have to have the perfect moment. You have to have a good eye, good product, and you have to have passion. That's not an equation that suits everybody. So we may give inspiration, like this conversation is inspirational for those that maybe need to be tapped. But also I have to recognize, or we all have to recognize, you're lucky to be able to be the doers where other people might just take a little piece of the inspiration and just hopefully get another great job, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, what you've done and being able to accumulate um, success and uh, wealth and recognition 
with something you were passionate about after pivoting from other things. Congrats. Congrats. I agree. I mean, Marissa and I, we're, we're testament to that. I mean, we, we are still very much day jobbing it. This is our side hustle. We would love to do this full time. We love talking to people, inspiring people, coaching people, engaging people, mentoring people. Um, Jessica has got to go. Yeah. I'm getting knocked out from. <laughs> yes, go. But I just thank you so much for being here and thank you for taking the time to chat with us. And Delphine, it was so nice to meet you. It was nice to meet you too. Thank you. Good night, you guys. Thank you so much again.